Welcome to the official unofficial podcast dedicated to Eastern Washington athletics. This is the Eagles Power Hour, an affiliate member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. Introducing your hosts, standing at a staggering 5 foot 10 inches tall. He's not a myth. He's not a legend. He's just that idiot who thinks it's a great idea to paint his chest in 10 degree weather for an Eastern Washington football game. Now, based out of Houston, Texas, Kyler Neal. The other host is a local firefighter. He saves kittens by day. Talks EWU sports by night. He is six foot two without heels and has a vertical of 32 inches. Based out of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yours and my favorite Eagles Power Hour host, Rusty Kramer. Without further ado, here it is the greatest podcast in the big sky, the Red Turf Repping Eagles Power Hour. Welcome back to another episode of Eagles Power Hour. Today, I'm joined by Associates Head Coach David Riley. Uh, I talked to him this past summer with the interview. Uh, we're going to be talking some more hoops today. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, not a lot has changed, but at the same time, a lot has changed. We got basketball right around the corner. Uh, I mean, how stoked are you and your guys? It's been it's been really fun. Our guys are excited. Uh, you know, it was it was a long summer and spring where our guys it was just a struggle to get in the gym, and uh, now being able to to work and and compete against each other for the last month and a half has been great, um, and our and our guys have been been excited about it. Um, you know, with now, you know, things are changing day by day about when our first game's gonna be, uh, but just the excitement and the intensity has been some of the best I've ever seen since I've been here. So you, you said a month and a half. So when did like full, like normal, I mean, are you guys having normal practices or are they kind of modified still? Can you talk a little bit to that? Yeah. So October 14th or 15th was our first day of, of real practice. And, be, and before that, typically what you get is, is eight hours a week or four hours a week where you can get in the gym with your guys, um, practice individuals, however you, however you want to do it. But uh, this year specifically, we were only allowed to do small groups. So we had to go groups and pods and it wasn't, we weren't able to have the full team together until October 15th. So that was a little different. And then once we hit October 15th, what changed was, uh, that the coaches just got to wear masks and, um, it wasn't too different for the players. I mean, the protocol getting in the gym and we weren't allowed to use a locker room and, and some small things like that, but it wasn't anything too crazy. Yeah. So as far as an adjustment, because this is obviously not your typical off season uh, for a team who only lost two seniors last year and who only have two seniors this year, uh, I would imagine that having that temp chemistry that we talked about last time you're on the podcast going into this season. I mean, that's got to help you with this type of off season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we were joking about it early on the second day of practice. We're able to do dry runs of little adjustments and tweaks to stuff when we're doing five on O that, you know, usually we're not, not able to do till January. And, you know, we got Jack Perry, who's basically another coach. We got Jacob and all these guys that have been in the program for four or five years. And, uh, they're able to just really help the younger guys move along quickly. And those younger guys grew up quick last year. I mean, guys like Tyler Robertson and Kassan and Jake Groves, 
I mean, they they were thrown into the fire in some really, really big games. And so that experience for them under, kind of gave them the urgency and, and, and what they needed to come into this year where they can really kind of lead and take a step up. So the practices have been great. Um, you know, it's been we got 11 guys that probably think they're going to they deserve some some good minutes. And so that that creates a really competitive atmosphere in practice where we've gotten a ton out of it. Yeah, I would imagine that's exactly what you want. You want a bunch of guys who are, I mean, iron sharp, sharpens iron at the end of the day. So uh, I think competition like that's only going to make not only the coaches better, but the players better as well. And we just had Big Sky Media Day not too long ago, and Eastern Washington was number one in the coaches' poll, number one in the media's uh, the media poll. The Big Sky preseason MVP, Jacob Davison. I mean, this should be no surprise to anybody. I mean, he was fourth in scoring last season in the Big Sky. Jacob Davison and Kim Macon Jr. were both named to the Big Sky men's basketball preseason all-conference team. So, you know, going the season and getting these outclays, you know, I mean, getting number one ranks by the coaches in media poll, like what is your guys' thought process? I mean, is that something what you want to be, hey, we are the guys going into the season? Or, would, I mean, some people prefer to be like the underdog. Being, being kind of the hunted is, is definitely a different mindset. Last couple of years, we've kind of had a chip on our shoulder where we've been overlooked, and, and this year we, we haven't been overlooked. Um, we're, we've earned that uh, respect kind of from the, from the media and the league and the coaches, and our guys, are they understand what that means, and they understand that teams are going to come in trying to come at them. And that you know we were picked to win it last year, so we've got a little bit of experience in this, but it's a whole different deal this year when everyone's – Kind of, I mean, I don't think we were unanimous, but it was close, and um, we got to be ready to go and ready, ready to be um, kind of the the big fish this year. But at the same time, I think I think our guys are ready. They're mature. They understand that um, there hasn't been any complacency so far, and our guys have been extremely coachable. And that that comes from our leadership. You know, the first week we had a scrimmage. Kim Aiken had a couple plays where he he wasn't himself. Called him out in front of everybody in practice. And he just took it really, really well and just showed what, what a leader is all about. And he did, he did an incredible job responding, taking it the right way. And, and the young guys, the guys who aren't picked to be first-team all-conference or defensive player of the year, they see that. And so they respond the right way. And so now it's just easy. Everyone's easier to coach because if our leaders are, doing, are, are that easy to coach, then everyone's going to fall in line. And it's really helped our team. Um, so I think that in and of itself is going to help us with that complacency or whatever you want to call it. Um, being picked first. Yeah, I think if you look at any type of organization and being basketball, I mean, any type of organization, um, that type of like leadership, that type of culture is so contagious, right? Once you get the right guys in the right spots, doing the right things, the younger guys come into the organization, come into the team, they see those things. And I mean, that stuff gets carried on. And like you said, Eastern Washington was number one going into the last season and they held their own. I mean, they, they, they were tested. Uh, you know, they went through the trial of fire. There was some tough games, but you know, Eastern Washington showed who they were. There's a reason why they're the big sky champs and going this season there's no doubt in my mind that they are the number one team in the big sky uh but it, w before we even get to conference play i mean man eastern washington's got some non-conference tough games ahead of them as well uh number 20 ranked oregon uh which sounds like it's going to be postponed we're still going to break down that game talk about oregon what they're presenting uh washington state northwest university uh unlv and uh, St. Mary's, who's a top 35 team. I mean, looking at that schedule, I mean, that's exciting. If I was on that roster and I was getting ready to play those games with the type of like off, with the type of season you guys are going to have, I mean, it's already a modified season. You've already lost games that you would have played in a normal year. 
for uh, Eastern Washington to put together this schedule. I mean, you've got to be pumped. Yeah, I mean, we're excited. Our guys are excited. We want to play the best teams out there. And, uh, you know, there's some teams in, in the West Coast that didn't necessarily want to play us because everyone everyone we had coming back. So we went out, and, and whoever wanted to play us, whatever date we could find, we were game to go play them. And that's kind of been our attitude. We want to test ourselves against the best. And it's going to be fun. Oregon's a super talented team. And like you said, we were supposed to play on Wednesday uh, with, with COVID. That's going to be pushed back. We don't have an exact date finalized yet. We have a couple ideas, but it sounds like we're going to play that game later on uh, in, the off, in, the, in the preseason. But, um, you know, no, it's going to be an extreme challenge. And so that, the Oregon game, we've obviously done some scouting for because we thought we were going to play it Wednesday. And, and seeing those guys, their, their height, I mean, they got – some transfers coming in that are really good. I think they have four guys, four or five guys that were leading scorers on their previous teams. And these aren't, I mean, they're coming from big time schools like UNLV and Rutgers and Duquesne. And uh, so these are leading scorers on really good school teams that are coming together to play at Oregon. They got a ton of talent. And then they got some guys coming back from last year. Um, So we got our work cut out for us and they're a little different. They're set up a little different than us, but at the same time, they shoot it well, they space you out. They do a good job flowing. Um, but we'll see what they play like without Peyton Pritchard because he was he was definitely a lot of their their offense last year. Yeah, you hit on a, a couple of things I definitely want to kind of get deeper into. But uh, the big loss, like you said, is Peyton Pritchard, and uh, man, that guy was an absolute baller. I mean, he was averaging just over like twenty and a half points per game. He was drafted, I believe, number twenty six by Celtics. And man, it's he's going to be an absolute loss for Oregon. I believe Oregon's only returning one starter, uh, and I believe that's uh, Chris Duarte. Um, he's the only returning starter from last season. He was getting about thirty point two minutes per game, uh, just averaging about thirteen points per game. Will Richardson is another guy who was kind of their sixth man last season, six uh, five guard, a junior, averaging about eleven points per game. He's not really a high volume shooter. I mean, he's only shooting about eight. To attempts per game but he's a very efficient shooter uh so he's an individual who's trying and i would imagine is going to be trying to take the helm uh that peyton pritchard position uh going to be the guy leading the team but uh, i mean there's multiple guys on this team like eric williams the transfer from duquesne that you referenced a 6-6 guard slash forward i mean he averaged 14 points per game 7.6 rebounds per game i mean this is a guy that kind of does it all uh eric williams jr uh I'm sorry, I just mentioned him. Uh, Eugene Omar Armurui, is that Not it? Sure, I, I just know he can play. He's really good. <laughs> he is. He, he's an absolute baller as well. Uh, he's a transfer as well from Rutgers, averaging 13.8 points per game and 7.2 rebounds per game. But with that being said, I mean he's a he's a dude who plays physical. He's a hands-on defender, and there's a reason why he was averaging uh, three fouls per game last season. So. <laughs> Yep. And then lastly, the a guy I want to talk about is uh, uh, Amari Hardy. He's a transfer from UNLV, which you referenced, averaging 14.5 points per game. ESPN transfer rankings ranked Hardy in the top 25 for immediately eligible transfers. He was number 21. So this is a dude that can actually, you know, he, he can absolutely play. I mean, if you look at uh, Dana Altman, I mean, the, the guy's a phenomenal coach. He's built a phenomenal program over there at Oregon. He recruits 
certain types of players, those long, lanky, athletic individuals, because he runs a spread offense. He runs that matchup zone defense. And those types of players is exactly what fits that. I mean, looking at the spread offense, and that's, I mean, this is an offense going to bring a lot of cutters, a lot of elbow handoffs, uh, a lot of push flares, those types of things. And looking at the matchup defense, or I'm sorry, the matchup zone, it's not your typical, typical, typical zone defense. This has a lot of man-to-man principles, uh, cover up holes, kind of confuse offenses. But with that being said, and this is just Rusty's thinking here, Coach, and you tell me if, if, like if, you, if you think anything different. But uh, with a matchup zone, that requires a lot of chemistry, uh, a lot of communication. And with this type of off-season uh, off that we've had and only one returning starter that Oregon's bringing – I mean, there's a reason. I mean, if you watch Oregon historically under Dana Altman, they get better throughout the season because their guys understand the scheme better. They get better in their their spread offense. They get better in their matchup zone defense. And to me, that's a possible advantage for Eastern Washington to take advantage of. I mean, the perfect antidote to me for uh, uh, that type of defense is moving the ball around, uh, getting good shots, having a high-tempo offense, and – I mean, Eastern Washington was number six in the nation in scoring last season, averaging 80.9 points per game. Uh, and they're number four in the nation in assists per game, 17.5 assists per game. So right there, I mean, that should tell you hey, this is going to be a good game to watch. I mean, it, for the average fans that are listening to, to, uh, to this podcast, what else can you break down about Oregon or what they bring into the table? I mean, that was an incredibly accurate scouting report right there. Uh, now I, I think their their matchup zone is going to present a lot of problems. It 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 makes teams think, um, and it makes you kind of figure out: Are they in man? Are they in zone? What's the best way to attack this? You can't use your typical zone offenses because you get stagnant doing that. Um, so I mean, we we've got a couple ideas, and and you know the way we play fast and the way we push the ball up the court. I think hopefully we can kind of get them out of rhythm in their on their defense. I think that's going to going to help us we're not going to just slow it down and try to limit possessions like a lot of the small schools do against bigger teams like that because we got the horses to run with them i think especially this year um, so we're excited about that uh but defensively like you said they spread you out but at the same time they got those big athletes and they're they're going to crash and rebound um so our, our two big keys for that game uh talking about it this week with our guys we're just don't turn it over we can't have careless turnovers against their length because we're not used to playing against that kind of size and their press and their matchup zone. And then we got to rebound. Those are the two two huge keys. If we just play our game and we handle those two keys, I think we'll we'll have a good chance coming in there. And you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a battle. It's, our guys are gonna fight, but at the same time, our guys are juiced. They they want to have a marquee win like that. We talk about it in the preseason. We got four or five chances to come play these big-time schools, and we want to come out of there with a win. It's exciting. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I I can't – I mean, you said it perfectly. I mean, we got to remember, Eastern Washington lost two seniors last year. Mason Peeling, obviously, he's a huge piece, but there was a dude who was playing him day in and day out in practice all throughout season who had solid minutes last season. That's mm-hmm. Tanner Groves. And his brother – is expected to get some more playing time as well. So uh, with that, what what I'm getting at here is uh, 
Eastern Washington needs to stay true who they were last season. And with what I've seen coming this season, there's no doubt about that they'll be able to do that. And you talked about Oregon being able to crash rebounds. That's what they're looking to do. Well, Eastern Washington was number 42 in the nation in defensive rebounds per game, averaging about 28 defensive rebounds per game. Uh, they take care of the ball phenomenally. They're number four in the nation last year. And uh, I'm sorry, number 15 in the nation last season uh, in assist to turnover ratio. So, to me, East Washington needs to stay true to who they are, the up-tempo scoring offense, uh, keeping control of the ball and crashing those rebounds. And I honestly think that this is going to be an absolute ball game. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of people that aren't paying attention to East Washington because there's uh, you know the number one and fairly ranked Gonzaga team. But with that being said, a lot of people overlook East Washington. But I think at the end of the season or begin throughout the season there's gonna be a lot more eyes a lot more ears paying attention to what's going over on and over here in cheney washington so yes sir that being said let's kind of transition over to uh the layout of the big sky conference schedule so again with the theme being this is not a normal year the conference schedule is not by any means normal as well it's a, a 20 game scheduled conference with the the format being um, for example, you guys are going to Northern Arizona, December 3rd, uh, you're going to have, uh, uh, so two games there with a day in between, right? Yep. So, and that's kind of the theme throughout the season. Yeah. So we're, we're going to play back to backs against every team, uh, besides Idaho and Montana. Um, and th those ones will be home and homes. Uh, but it's going to present a whole different, you know, coaching strategy. Uh, I think you, we've got some incredible coaches in the big sky, that have been around the league, that know what they're, I mean, they have their philosophies, but they're also great with adjustments. And so the first game adjustment to the second game, it's going to be really interesting to see how these coaches do it, playing time, mixing up lineups. I mean, it's going to be fun. Um, and as a coach, we got to be on our toes, ready to, to adjust and make some, some different moves. I think that's going to play a, a, a factor in it. The fatigue of guys, it sounds like it's going to be a day in between, but there's been talk about making it back to back as well. So we're still trying to figure that piece out. Um, and then, so the fatigue, obviously the adjustments, playing the same team twice, and then having the same officiating crew in back to back games. It's, I mean, who knows what that's going to be like? I don't know. I don't, I can't, I'm not going to get in the mind of an official, but I'm sure there'll be some different calls. And, you know, it's just human nature. You ref the same team twice, it, it could be different. So. Uh, you know, it'll be different. We'll see how it all pans out, but I, I'm excited about it. We're, we're just excited we get to play 20 games. I mean, when they were going through all the different options for scheduling, Shantae's big thing was, let's just get 20 games. Let's just find a way to get 20 games, however we got to do it, money-wise, whatever. Let's make it happen. And so that's been our big thing. So to me, and I, I've said this multiple times on our podcast, you know, going into this 20 game, uh, however you want to label the schedule, mm -hmm. uh, I think the biggest difference is going to be the coaches. This is where, in my opinion, this is just Rusty's thinking here, is this is where you're really going to see the differences between the coaching staffs and the different level of preparation. Because those adjustments from that first game, that second game, they're going to be absolutely imperative. I mean, it's a lot easier to prepare for a game uh, when you lost versus when you won, because you know what you need to fix when you just got your butt whooped mm -hmm. but when you just dominated the competition well it's like well we did really good we don't know what they're going to bring uh, the second game but you bring up another really good point too and that's the officiating and that's one i i didn't even think about uh, until you brought <laughs> it up and uh and that can be really interesting to a, a game that you know you're getting ready to face a really physical game uh, the montana game right those his 
historically have been always a little bit more physical than other games. Uh, and going in that second game, the, I mean, the officiating could kind of try to set the tempo and take control of the game because they learned their lessons from day one. I don't know. It. I didn't even think about that, and that's kind of a that, that was a that was a good point there by coach, and uh, that's why you're a coach and I'm not. So <laughs> it's something that's out of our hands, but it's just something to be aware of, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, lastly, here uh, I want to talk about. Three exciting new recruits, and I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to let you take the floor. Uh, you're the subject matter expert on these individuals, but I will say, man, I was looking at tape of these individuals, those highlight tape, if you will, but still absolutely exciting. Can you uh, talk a little bit about our newest recruits we got coming to Eastern Washington? Yeah, uh, we got a great, great group of uh, individuals coming in. They're all coming in as freshmen next year. So I'll, I'll start with the uh, the local one, Mason Landek. He's someone that we've had our eye on for a long time. He's an, a really, really talented scorer. Um, he's playing down in Utah actually right now, uh, but he's you know he's from Central Washington. Was at Kashmir and uh, and Zilla, and and he's just a a bucket. I mean that's the best way I can describe him. He he's filled it up all everywhere he's been. He's really good in AAU too, playing against bigger athletes. So he's someone we're really excited about. I mean, kind of fits the mold of, of like what Kassan, we think Kassan can bring to us right now. The kind of a combo guard, can play the one, can play the two. You got to go out and guard him. He'll space the floor, but at the same time, he can drive, make plays for others, and just an all-around good player. And then um, Skylar Wilson from down, or playing down in California from Colorado. Uh, tall, very skilled, good passer, great shooter. Um, I mean, he's got that high shooting pocket, kind of like Felix von Hoff did. And I mean, he shoots it at a really high rate. And so you get a guy that, that that's that big that can shoot it like that and guard multiple positions. And he's a perfect fit for what we do. We've had, we've had a ton of success. We call them blurs, um, kind of six, five to six, eight, uh, you know, Jake Groves, Tyler Robertson, Kim Aiken, kind of guys like that. You don't really know what position they are, but at the end of the day, they can, they can guard multiple spots and they're going to create mismatches. Uh, and then the last one, Ethan Price, uh, he's a really, really talented kid from England. Uh, someone that I think had there been, uh, the European, uh, championships or, or one of those FIBA tournaments that he could have gone to this year, he probably would have gotten seen a little more. We got, we, I think we got lucky with that one a little bit. Um, but you know, all these kids, it's just a unique year. And, um, with, with Ethan coming in, we're excited about him being able to not only play inside at 6'10", but he, he can really space the floor. He can attack and transition. He can, he can drive. All, the, the common theme with all these guys, they can all dribble, shoot, and pass. Um, and that's what we like. We like versatile guys that can play multiple spots because our offense is kind of interchangeable. And so we've, we've beat some big teams out on these kids, um, and we're, we're excited. This is the first recruiting class that I can really say that um, they had multiple multiple offers to go other places and chose Eastern, which is, you know, we've got a bunch of guys that have a chip on their shoulder because they felt like they were overlooked, and we're going to keep that same attitude, and I think it'll be really fun to see where these three uh, guys end up in three, four years. Yeah, I think that says a lot about what's happening here in Eastern Washington, uh, what you guys are doing, the coaching staff, what the players are doing, the culture that you guys are you know building here. I mean, 
the dudes that you just talked about, man, I, if I recommend, if you're listening to, to t- take a, you know, five minutes, take a look at their tape. It's, it's mind blowing. the first couple of seconds into Ethan Price's, you know, uh, <laughs> highlight tape, man, he's really setting the tone. So, uh, I'm pretty stoked to the culture you guys are developing over here at Eastern Washington university when it comes to basketball, I'm excited to see these guys ball out. I mean, these are guys I think can make an immediate impact where, I mean, we're not just getting dudes who have to wait two or three years because we have to develop them. We have to mold them and these guys are ballers that, it, that's that's it at the end of the day and so with that being said we're kind of getting towards the end here uh this was more just kind of a preview into the season but before we cut it off and i let coach give his last words i do want to give Rusty's keys to the game and coach could uh it could mock me afterwards if i'm way off but uh <laughs> I, I think with with oregon uh, with that matchup zone you have to have up up tempo pace and a lot of ball movement and there's a reason Reason why uh, the the guys at you know East Washington like to play for this coaching staff because they just let them play. They just let them play hoops, as someone uh, you know, famously <laughs> says. Right? Uh, we have to take good shots. I think any time when you know a smaller school is playing those big boys that are ranks, uh, they like to play a little bit of bully ball and try to make you know uh, Jacob Davison frustrated, can make a junior frustrated. So you have to take good shots. You can't just be forcing bad shots. Uh, and I think a lot with that ball movement that up-tempo play will allow for those good shots to be open. Uh, You just have to stay patient. Uh, Play tough, hit the rebounds. Um, I mean, they're holding... They're holding their opponents to 66.7 points per game last season. So, I mean... To East Washington's 80.1 points per game. I mean, it should be pretty, pretty interesting. I'm expecting this game to be right around the 70 point range. Uh, I honestly do think that Eastern Washington is going to be uh, giving Oregon a fight for their money, without a doubt. Uh, I wouldn't expect anything less. Coach, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I appreciate your time, as always. Uh, can you, if, if you would like, you, you could mention where people could find you on the Twitter sphere or anything like that. Uh, I'm. I think it's D Riley 15 on Twitter. I'm not, again, I'm not the biggest social media guy. We got two other assistant coaches that are, that are all over that thing. Uh, but yeah, Rusty's keys were pretty spot on. And that's been a big thing is, is sharing the ball. I mean, last year, number four in the country in assists. Uh, and we talked about it versus Oregon. They are going to flow. They're going to come to the block shots. We got to make the extra pass to kick it out. And then they're long enough and athletic enough to go close out on that one. It's going to be the extra pass. So we got to kick it out and make that extra one. Find the next guy. And that's been our big theme, you know, for the last couple of years. I mean, we, we want to create a culture of unselfishness, and, and we're excited about that. You'll, so you'll see us sharing the ball and moving it, and you'll see us excited if we're doing that. But again, uh, excited for, for the games, excited for the preseason to happen, and just excited to get on the court. And, and thanks to Rusty and the, the Power Hour for for putting us on and, and, you know, giving us a little bit of, of airtime and we're, we're excited about the season. So thank you. Hey, go Eeks. Go Eeks.